12. Uh, Dear friends, uh, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that you are suffering as though sometime or as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insomuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Amen. Amen. Um, hey, you know, I'm just seeing the, 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 what is this, um, mosaic of, of people on the screen and man, it, you don't understand how, how, how healing this is. This is, this is amazing that we can worship together like this. I, I don't know what kind of view, speaker view or grid view you have, but this is really, um, it's like we're having church. Can a brother get an amen? All right. I hear my family downstairs saying amen. That's awesome. Um, you know, uh, to start a service, I just want to bring our attention back to that opening video. If you were, if you were, uh, there to see it, um, you know, it's a scary time in our world. There's a lot of fear and anxiety and there's a lot of devastation and loss and suffering and, and people are panicking. I mean, have you been to Costco? I mean, people are panicking. Um, but the truth is God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's our ever present help in time of need. He's our, our fortress. He's our rock. He's our deliverer. He's our protector. He's our provider. Uh, I'm going to unmute you all. Can I? Amen. Amen. That was, uh, and yes, we're live, (laughs) but, um, look, the way that I see it is, how the church serves our broken world is going to really determine this ne- next wave uh, of revival. I mean, that's what personally I believe. I-, I-, I feel like we're in a crucial window of opportunity to be the real church, not a building that's insular, but a body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, we are very mindful of people being potential carriers of the coronavirus. We might even be carriers of the coronavirus and not know it. However, however, Instead of being carriers of a virus, could we be carriers of a different kind? Could we be carriers of the hope of Jesus? And uh, uh, since we're all muted, if you want to say an amen, you can just raise your hand like that. that that's, that's kind of the equivalent of, of amen, amen to that. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, we had a small team of people praying yesterday uh, via Zoom. And what was on my mind as we we're praying is, is the vulnerable and the sick. And at the beginning of the year, many of us fasted and prayed and we sought God for direction and we sought God for more of his presence in our lives. Um, and I felt a strong conviction to pray for healing. Little did I know that uh, many of our members would really need that prayer. Uh, little did I know that a worldwide pandemic would, uh, would uh, make many people, thousands of people suffer. I mean, if you think about it, who can really explain the sickness? Who can really explain the suffering and complications? And how come people get sick? And it goes back to the garden. In, in the Garden of Eden, everything was perfect, but because sin entered the world, everything became broken. Our bodies became broken. Uh, our minds became broken. Uh, the design and the functioning of our world became broken. Our relationships became broken. Our dreams for life, nothing works according to design anymore. Um, but it's because of the sin and evil in this world. And what does sin mean, actually? Well, when we don't do what God says, that's what sin. When we don't do it his way. See, because, listen, heaven is a place where there's no more sickness, 
No more sorrow, no more tears, no more pain, no more death. But what about earth? Well, on earth, we're experiencing sickness. We're experiencing sorrow. We're experiencing tears. We're experiencing pain. We're experiencing death. And, and so, um, that's why that's the world that we live in. And that's the kind of situation we're living in right now with this coronavirus. Um, if we go back to the, the passage that, uh, Pastor Mike read in 1 Peter 4, 12, 13, I, I love what the message Bible, uh, paraphrases it as. And it says this, listen, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God is not on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. I love it. Don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. God isn't indifferent to us. He's not indifferent to what's happening in a world, the world that he loves, the world that he died for. And so Paul is trying to show us a different perspective that there's a preparation for us with glory coming right up and that we can rejoice because we can have the Jesus experience, the experience that Jesus went through. We can have that same experience. Um, in 2004, uh, Nike made a commercial called the Michael Vick experience. Michael Vick is a, uh, a quarterback who now every quarterback is trying to model himself to uh, he changed the game, kind of like how Stephen Curry changed basketball. Everyone wants to be like Stephen Curry. Everyone wanted to be like Michael Jordan. And back at the time, everyone wanted to be Michael Vick. And so Nike made this commercial where it was like a Six Flags a roller coaster experience. And so uh, people would go in, they would get harnessed in, and they would have all these you know, big linemen try to tackle them, and he would spin, and he would uh, juke people out and do all these things. And and the idea is like you can have the same experience as the person you look up to. And people pay thousands of dollars to have experiences with professional athletes or musicians. You know, how would you lo- like it if, if you had an opportunity to go to uh, a music studio with Bruno Mars for a day and record a song together? Or as the young people would say, collab, if you could collab. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty Gucci. But anyways, um, but so... Uh, it's, it's, it's that experience that we can have. We can have the same experience in our suffering. The very, the very first word that Paul said, uh, Peter, excuse me, says in first Peter is beloved in some translations. And that's really important. I want you to hold on to that, that God calls us beloved. What is beloved? It means prized and valued dearly and very much loved. Uh, it, it's, it's a term of affection, that God is affectionate towards you, that you use the word beloved for those who are beneficiaries. You know, so beneficiaries meaning you're receiving a huge inheritance, and those are, are beloved. And then Peter says, look, don't be surprised at these fiery trials that you're going through. I love how he says fiery trials because what that means is that don't be surprised that you're going through something intense. The word fiery is, is also used in, in to describe a furnace that purges metal of its impurities called dross. And so he's saying, don't be surprised that you're going through this fiery, intense difficulty, this period. Don't be surprised. And, uh, the, the whole goal of the refining process is to improve the value and not to destroy the metal. Let me say that again. The, the whole point of the refining process, listen, is to improve the value of the metal, not to destroy the metal. It's to improve the value. 
And that's what God is, is doing for us. He's trying to improve the value of us, and he's not trying to destroy us. There's some things that we need to learn uh, and that we don't even know that we need to learn. And sometimes when we go through trials like this, it encourages us to learn them. And so God knows what it takes for us to be transformed into Christ likeness. Can I get an amen? All right. Amen all by myself then. All right. All right. Um, you know, Peter knew that some of his readers uh, did not expect to suffer and they're going to be surprised. Listen, there, there, there's two types of surprises. There's a happy surprise and an unwanted surprise. What's a happy surprise? Maybe a surprise birthday party, maybe a surprise gift, right? There's, there are happy surprises and then there are unwanted surprises. Both surprises are unexpected. One is welcomed and the other is not. And here Peter is saying, look, there's some people who are going to be surprised and they're going to be shocked. And uh, he uses the word koinonio, which means the, to share in the sufferings, koinonio. We know that in church language as to have fellowship with, to have koinonio, um, or, or to have common with. And so he's saying, look, we're going to share fellowship in the sufferings of Christ. You know, Paul in, in, in Philippians uh, 3, he says that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. And so Paul wanted to, to have that Jesus experience, to fellowship in what Jesus experienced. He wanted to know the power of his resurrection. He wanted to know the fellowship of his sufferings. And essentially, Paul's saying, I want to be like Jesus. I want to look like him. I want to be like him. Pastor Randy Alcorn makes this uh, statement. Uh, he says, a faith that leaves us unprepared for, suf- for suffering is a false faith. He says, if you base your faith on a lack of affliction, your faith lives on the brink of extinction because it will fall apart because of a frightening diagnosis or shattering phone call. Now, I, I, I don't want to trivialize or minimize uh, anyone's suffering, but, but we do know people whose faith has been rocked and shattered because of a frightening diagnosis or, or a, a terrible, horrible phone call. Maybe that's, that's you. Um, and, and the encouragement that Paul wants to give to us and that Jesus gives to us is that he's drawing you to him through this difficult time, not away from him. May you see that perspective that, that this difficult time in our history right now is to draw people closer to God and not away from him. And Paul was addressing, hey, don't be surprised. And he was addressing the people that were thinking, look, this is never going to happen to me. This is not supposed to be happening to me. And what Paul, what Peter is saying is, look, don't be surprised. See, because there's a difference between believing that God exists and trusting the God who exists. There's a difference between believing that God exists and it's different from trusting the God who exists. 80% of the United States believes in God, but that's not the same percentage that trusts in God. So, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Like, yeah, how, who can understand this, this pandemic? Who can understand this? And so this is the next level of faith, to trust him in the fire, to trust him in the process. Even if, if there's doubt and struggle, the next level of faith is not just believing that God exists, but it's to trust in the God who exists. And then Peter, he continues and he says, but rejoice. Really? How? How are we able to rejoice? 
I used to think of this as kind of a contrast, like, okay, let's suffer now and we'll rejoice later in heaven. Um, that there's this contrast. But as I, as I begin to read it more and, and meditate on it more, I'm beginning to think and see that maybe he's saying rejoice now because you will rejoice later that we praise God now because we'll praise him later in eternity that there's this instead of a contrast there's this continuity that we rejoice now in order to rejoice later we rejoice now because we will rejoice later we can exalt and rejoice because they they hopefully lead us to deeper fellowship with with Jesus we can exalt in our trials because it hopefully will lead us to deeper levels of joy at his second coming. In other words, we have a VIP ticket to the greatest place in the world. Our, our fellowship, our koinonia with our sufferings of Christ is our VIP ticket to the glory of God. Come on, somebody. That there's going to be a joy in your life that's not based on circumstances, that, that it's going to go even deeper than being happy in good circumstances but you're going to receive a joy regardless of the circumstances. Uh, growing up, uh, uh, being at home, uh, my parents were at work, so I watched a lot of uh, daytime TV, and I watched uh, a lot of game shows. Uh, one of them was Price is Right. And it's so funny because there's so much buildup to the, the last kind of last game where they can win a car and things like that. And when they win the car, you, know, you can see them jumping up and down and dancing and screaming and, and things like that. Uh, just because of the joy that they have of something that's unexpected. And, uh, you know, when Jesus comes, our hearts will explode. We can have that kind of joy on earth, by the way. Um, that The joy that we have is is greater than uh, the reunion of a military family. It, it's because we know that we are uh, engaged in fellowship with, with who Jesus is, even through his suffering. You know, uh, throughout history, Pandemics have a bell curve. It gets worse uh, before it gets better. Um, can I just give you some hope that that this virus will end? No one's going to know how long it's going to take, but it will end. Throughout history of epidemics, pandemics, plagues in the Old Testament, there has been an end. And our peace is not found in the absence of trouble, but our peace is found in the presence of God. Um, God has a, has a unique way, a mysterious way of, of turning all the opposition into opportunities and all of our problems into possibilities and all of our sorrows into success. I think Rick Warren uh, said this. He said that if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. And if you look within, you'll be depressed. Uh, but if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. Um, you know, although our circumstances may be devastating, God uses them to refine our character. And so that's, that's what I feel like he's doing corporately through us. Uh, let, me, let me close with, with an example of illustration. Um, you know, uh, a lot of times our, our family lives in, uh, our extended family lives in Canada. Shout out for, for family who is uh, listening in from Canada uh, this morning. Uh, but in the rivers and the streams, there's a lot of rocks and you'll, you'll, you'll find uh, different sizes of rocks in, in, in these bodies of water in lakes and streams. And uh, you'll find stones the size of tennis balls. You'll see stones the size of basketballs. Um, you know, but all of these rocks were, were jagged and uh, rough. Um, but the water 
the, the, the covering of the water transformed these once jagged rocks into round objects of beauty and wonder. And, you know, personally, I, I wish that, you know, that the, the streams that is flooding us, uh, the, uh, you know, it's like a fire hydrant was just open and is just flooding us with new technology and new paradigms and new lifestyles. And I just wish that it could just trickle uh, down uh, and live kind of undisturbed. But I think God sees our rough edges and he acts in his tremendous grace to remove them. I have a lot of rough edges um, and, 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 and we all have a lot of rough edges. And so we, we look at this difficult time um, to, to, to declare and to encourage one another, to say that our loving Heavenly Father hasn't deserted us. He's working all, around, all along to smooth the rough edges and to produce in us the image of Christ. There's this um, story that I read, and, and uh, there is a, a, a highly devoted uh, Christian man who was just going through so much trouble and suffering and hardships in his life, and there was an unbeliever um, who uh, just had, wanted to have a conversation. And he said, you know, you're, you're a Christian, but y- your life is is so hard and so full of trouble. Um, and he said, when a person, uh, and he said, I've watched you since you became a Christian, and there's so many problems in your life. And I thought that when a person became a Christian, his troubles were all over. And so he said, well, um, and he was a blacksmith. He says, this steel, I'm going to use it for springs in a carriage, but at first it needs to be heated. It has to be hammered. It has to be bent. It has to be shaped the way that I want it. And, um, but sometimes I find the steel is just a little too brittle, uh, than that, that can be used. So I have to throw it in the scrap heap and the scrap heap, the steel is just worth a few pennies, but as a spring in a carriage, it is very valuable. And I think for some people and families, um, in grace life, as believers and followers of Jesus, man, you've gone through some tremendous things and you're going through it right now. I'm, I'm thinking some of our, our singles, our young adults, and you know who I'm talking about. Like, man, it just seems like a flood overwhelming our soul. Um, but I want you to know that Jesus has gone through it with you. Jesus has gone through it already on the cross. He's already gone through this, this wave of being overwhelmed, of everything being so difficult and tough. He's already gone through it with you, that you are not alone. And if you look in this First Peter 4 passage, if you could jump to verse 19 in your Bibles, he says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. May you continue to entrust your soul to a faithful creator while doing good. And honestly, during this pandemic, this craziness, there are so many opportunities for the church to arise and do good, to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I want to close by saying this, is that uh, Pastor Mike and I and, and, and the leadership of our church, we want to do everything that we can do to, to make sure you know that you are not alone. We want to communicate with you uh, as much as we can every single day. Uh, we don't want you to be isolated. And we're going to do our best to help you stay spiritually healthy, um, that we want you to, to, to be uh, connected somehow. And I know that not all of us are very comfortable with technology, and um, I, I'll address that in a little bit. But, uh, and so that's what Pastor Mike and I want to do for you. 
We want to do everything to provide resources, to, to pray with you, to walk with you, to provide spaces, online spaces for us to get together like this and worship. Um, but there are a couple things that I, I need from you. Um, number one, I need, we need your contact information. Um, and we can't help you. We can't serve you if we can't contact you. Uh, for example, even right now, uh, we're having technical difficulties. We, we're not on Facebook Live, and uh, we hope to rectify that very soon. Uh, but we need a way to contact you, and, and even your health-wise. If something happens or a loved one, we want to be able to contact you. Up to this point, we've been casual. We've been trying to respect people's privacy. Um, you know, If you want to give us your contact information, fine. But, but listen, this is not our current reality anymore. Um, and we'll need your email addresses and phone numbers. You can email me. Um, uh, you can uh, email Pastor Mike. Uh, we'll, you can uh, give us that information on our website. We'll get that loaded as, as soon as possible. We'll be asking you. Um, and, um, and you can always opt out of our, our newsletter. Uh, you can always opt out of our texting. You can block us. That's totally up to you. But we need your contact information because we need to contact you. The second thing that we need uh, from you is... To sign up for our online giving, um, we we may not be meeting uh, or congregating for months now. Um, and as a church without a building, we still want to serve the people in our community. And now we are having greater opportunities to serve our city. And so we're going to need uh, more support, and we're going to need to provide a way for you to be able to give to specific causes to really make a difference in, in our, our city. I mean, this is the, the this is the dream. This is the the vision that we want to make an impact in Northridge and the San Fernando Valley and throughout Los Angeles. And so um, you can sign up uh, uh, and and during the announcements time, we'll show you ways to do that, but you can give regularly. You can make recurrent payments. I suggest you do it every Sunday and you'll know that your giving went through because you'll receive an email every time you give. So that's the second thing I need, I need you to do. The third thing I need you to do is I need you to like our, our social media pages, our Facebook page and our Instagram pages. uh, If you have them. Once again, we want to be able to communicate. Um, if you're not communicating through uh, these uh, avenues, then there's no way you're going to know uh, what's going on. And in our situation, that's more urgent now. And the last thing uh, that we need you to do is we need you to be a part of a small group. Uh, up to this point, you know, it's fine. If, if you're not, you always have next week. But we need to, to uh, you need to be in a small group. I, I don't know how else strongly we can say this because your small group is now going to be your new home. Um, even if it's just for a check-in session to see if you guys are doing okay, even if it's for 30 minutes to pray together, I mean, this is going to be your church home. Um, being in isolation is not good for your mental health. It's not good for your spirit. It's you, you need connection. We're wired that way. And so uh, you need to be a part of a small group. And so we're going to uh, uh, provide ways uh, via our website, via Facebook, for you to uh, sign up for small groups. Uh, we'll be text messaging you. And so um, I can't say it strongly enough. And I know this is uh, difficult and challenging, trying to adjust to all of the, the information being thrown at you, not only from us, but from the rest of the world. Um, and I know we have preferences that we would rather not. I'm with you. I'd rather not download a new uh, app. Um, but I want you to consider laying down your preferences for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of, our, uh, of, of church every day, for the sake of grace life, um, to be a part of this community. 
And unfortunately, online is the only way we can be connected. And so um, that's where we're headed for the next few weeks. Um, and uh, we want you to, to get connected um, as much as possible. So uh, let's, let's, let's close uh, this time in prayer. Could you bow your heads and join me in prayer? Father, we just ask God for your wisdom and your grace uh, during this uh, challenging time to navigate. So, Father, we just uh, thank you for uh, just keeping us to this point, Lord, that we're still here, uh, that we're still alive, we're still with you. God, I pray that you give grace and strength uh, to those who are uh, suffering and hurting. And, uh, Lord, we pray that those who feel isolated, God, would find co- uh, community. So we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.